Hello and welcome to the Dublin Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, as always, um, Jonathan Giles. On this week's show, we'll be reviewing a 3-1 home success against Manchester United in the Premier League in the company of uh, BBC Match Today commentator and Premier League production commentator, Connor McNamara. How are you, Connor? Great, very good. Fresh from fresh from the Emirates, which uh, which I thought was was resplendent on Sunday in the sunshine. I, I was actually trying to work out how old the stadium was. It just still feels brand new when you go in there. So very a very happy place. Yeah, it's getting happier by the the week, Connor. Every time we we pick up a home victory, it seems to be just growing and growing. So it's great to see. Yeah, so sit back and enjoy the show. I'm also joined uh, on the show, as always, by my regular guests. Um, you don't know who you're going to get. So, Eamon, who are you this week? <laughs> ah, evening, Jonathan. Evening, Connor. Just watching a bit of Renan in the years there. Bit of Gilbert O'Sullivan. Ah, the thing about these songs is nothing rhymes there, Jonathan. Nothing rhymes. <laughs> now, good evening. I was, I was also at the Emirates on Sunday, Connor. Um, and uh, since we last met, um, the Limerick Porters and Dublin Footballers both did the business. So, we're all good, you know. We're okay. We're all happy. Yeah. We're all happy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Connor probably didn't hear last week's um show, but Eamon done a great rendition of uh, "More Than a Woman." So um, oh. we might. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll in on that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think the crackeries. Everybody is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever lightens the mood on the show, you're more than welcome. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I suppose. We'll crack on into the show. As always, we begin with the uh, review from Sunday's game, uh, 3-1 against Manchester United. Um, a cracking game, uh, all in, I really have to say. Um, Marcus Rashford got the first goal after 27 minutes. Martin Odegaard with a quick reply a minute later on 28. And then Declan Rice, seven minutes into injury time uh, with a cracking goal. And he's really fitting in well. Uh, to the Arsenal faithful, you could see what this after the celebration, what it means to play for Arsenal. He's only in the door. It's like he's been there nearly all his career, you know. So it's great to see, and great to see Gabriel Jesus score as well on his comeback. Um, really well taken goal. Uh, Diego Dello sitting him down on his arse and <laughs> tucking the ball in. But um, I tell you, United gave us a good whack as well. You know their counter attacking was really impressive. You know, um, their Garnacho goal, uh, VAR. <laughs> it works in our favour again, but you mightn't always get it that way. But um, I'll come to you, Connor. What did you make of the match on Sunday yourself? Yeah, I, I thought it was a statement. I, th- I think it's you know it's exactly the sort of moment Arsenal needed. Um, I think there was an awful lot of praise for Declan Rice at the end, and I don't want to sound unfair to the guy, but genuinely, if Garnacho's goal stands, if United win that game, I, I don't think everyone's talking about this amazing Declan Rice performance. That you know, how, how did he not win the game? And that's why, and I, I mean it, that I'm not being sort of mean to him saying that. What, what it is, is that his goal put the, the golden tint on everything. That yeah. goal statement arrived, suddenly brilliant performance. Everyone's saying how incredibly well he played. Not, you know, he made no mistakes. I just thought he was neat, tidy, did his, did his bit. Um, whereas because of the goal and the, the hero worship celebration, which is all, you know, thoroughly deserved, now it's the Declan Rice team and he's running the show and he's the main man and all the rest of it. And it, it, Brilliant. And, you know, the fact that, that Odegaard was able, was able to chip in for the goal as well, it's not like he's been overshadowed or anything like that. But now, you know, Rice can say that he's the, the quarterback there in the midfield. So for, from that 
point of view, huge statement for the team, for that player in particular. Um, and yeah, I think crushing for, for Manchester United, who, who if they had won, they would say, right, we're banging the title race now, whereas instead it's all of Sancho's leaving and the coach has fallen out with players and you know they've, they've lost to Spurs, they've lost to Arsenal, they're clearly not title contenders, all that kind of thing. So, so the rails appear to be falling off very early for them. And that's just what makes it all the more in, important for Arsenal. So I, I just think, yeah, you know, t- to win titles, that's the sort of game you have to find a way somehow to get that over the line and win. And they did. And and I think it'll do their their confidence the world of good. Going into the international break as well, they're all going to be so happy for the next fortnight. Yeah, you could say, I know after the, in the post-match, Connor, uh, Declan Rice was saying that the win meant so much more with Manchester City winning their opening four games. It's important to keep on their coattails. Another one, Kai Havertz seems to be getting a lot of stick from, you know, he's only four games into his Arsenal career and he had such a bad, you know, let's call it a really bad spell at Chelsea. You know, I don't think we saw the best of him there. What do you make of that sign? Do you think it's fair, you know, is a bit harsh to the Arsenal fans getting on top of him so early in his um, Arsenal career? I don't know. I, I, Kai Havertz has always been an unusual from, one for me. I don't really know what his position is. And and I was yeah. surprised when he went to Chelsea and they played him as a centre forward. And I thought, well, you know, what I had seen of him in Germany, that he was sort of, you know, a number 10 role or even a number eight, he was kind of behind. And, and I've always wondered, you know, what, what, I, I guess the reason was that Chelsea don't have a proper number nine. So that's why they were playing him there. Yeah. And then he comes in. And from what I can make, he's sort of been playing where Granit Xhaka was last season. And I don't think he's that kind of player either. So... Look, Mikel Arteta is not silly. You know, he's got some process in there. He's got some grand plan. At the moment, I'm not quite seeing it. And it's going to be interesting to see where it does settle down and where he does fit into the team. And, you know, he's got all the talent in the world. I, I like the way he carries himself. I like, the, you know, he's not sort of a hothead. You never see him screaming at referees. He's kind of a quiet, you know, kind of concentrating on what he's doing kind of guy. It'll be interesting to see. I think, you know, I, look, I don't think it was a penalty the time he got into the penalty area, but that's the sort of position you want him getting into, you know, arriving yeah. in the box. And I don't think we've seen enough of that so far. So I, I definitely think it's too early to judge him. Um, but the fact, you know, Arteta's got choices. The fact that he's choosing to play him, the likes of Smith-Rowe not getting a, a sniff at the moment, I think you've you got to trust the manager on this one for now. Yeah, it's, it, it came as a shock to all Arsenal fans when he was actually signed, you know, because there was no hint of him even coming at the end of last season. And, you know, I think he's probably even wondering what position is he himself, you know, I think they're trying to find a, the idea position for him. Um, I know, Eamon, you were at the match with a lot of the Dublin Arsenal supporters club. Um, from your seat, and you would have said a lot more than what we do on telly, what did you make of the uh, performance on Sunday? Well, I actually thought the game... Um said more about Manchester United than it did for, about us. And I'll tell you why. It was the most unadventurous Manchester United team I've ever seen. I mean, when Manchester United had bad teams in the 1970s, they were attack, 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 and suffered a little bit because of that. But they had no adventure. They had no adventure. The only player that could hurt us was Rashford. And we're going to have to accept about Marcus Rashford at the Arsenal, that he's going to become... A Robbie Fowler, a Harry Kane, a Wayne Rooney, <laughs> somebody who just just give him the goal before we start. And look, I mean, we, we know what's going to happen. But he was the only player that caused us a threat. So they were very unadventurous and didn't try and win the game. And that, that, that to me, I won't say it disappoints me. If I was a neutral, I'd say you'd be disappointed with that. Right. And I, th- I, thought, it, I thought that the game spoke more about the state they're in than we're in. Okay. Um, the first thing I'd like to say is that 
And I've been on the show for the last couple of weeks and I've been saying whatever way we were doing this inversion stuff, that we were getting the ball to sack it the whole time quickly and we were not getting the ball to Martinelli, right? This week, we got the ball to Martinelli early and often and it paid off. And um, I, I think that was a tactic because United had Saka wrapped up and we went to Martinelli from the get-go, from the, from the very, very tip-off, we went to Martinelli. He, I think he won about seven or eight corners, uh, Connor. right? It's very hard to get around Wan-Bissaka because he's quick, you know, but his, his involvement in the Odegaard equalizer was just simply superb. The way he put on the pass for Odegaard, it was like ground hurling, just put that in, Pat. <laughs> okay. There's so much weight on that ball that Odegaard just had to guide it in and I was directly behind that goal. So that's the first thing I'd say. That's the first time we got Martinelli into the game this season early. And I think if you're going to try and break down teams, um, you've got to be able to get both sides of the pitch exposed there if you can. Right? The second thing I'd say is um, I had a look at this inversion thing uh, involving Zinchenko. So I was directly behind the goal. So I actually drew a mental vertical line looking at the game. And I wanted to see how often did Zinchenko cross that, that, that line. Zinchenko spent half his time on the right-hand side of the pitch, right? But he does it different than Thomas Partey. He knows how to do it. He knows the spaces to go into. Thomas Partey, when, Thomas, when we tried that with Thomas Partey, when Thomas Partey inverts, Thomas goes into his normal, natural, holding midfielder role. Zinchenko doesn't do that. He goes into spaces down in alleyways that, that Thomas can't do. And I really watched that with interest. I, th I think that was an improvement. Um, I would say um, with, with Declan, I would say that um, he still doesn't give you what Thomas Partey gives you in that anchor role, in that Declan can't take the ball on the half turn. And I've said that before, you know, he's, he's not afraid to receive the ball. He's very brave. But when he receives the ball, it's not on the half turn, Alasses Fabregas. It's kind of still facing his own way. And that just takes a little bit longer. But he brings you a lot of other things. And I, I agree with what Connor said. Um, all of this, Declan Rice has arrived, blah, blah, blah. Declan Rice had a really good 7 out of 10 game. He's had four good 7 out of 10 games. He was neat and tidy. But the one thing I love about him is that when, they, when, when he's facing the game, he sees danger very early. And... I really, really like that about him. And I think he's probably probably the best in the business at that um, in, in the Premier League. Um, so, you know, but, but the Havertz thing, don't forget, like, Havertz was part of getting the ball to Martinelli early as well. Havertz has only grown into that position. Maybe he's not suited to where Granit Xhaka played. We've got a different configuration of players. Um, he'll find his feet. He's a good player with a good temperament. Um, but he was part of getting the ball to Martinelli. And I just thought from behind the goal where I was that we were attacking in the first half down the clock end, um, the feed out to Martinelli was quick and it put United under an awful lot of pressure. Um, I was delighted um, to see um, that Ramsdale hasn't been affected by uh, anything, you know. Um, he, he, he got mugged for a goal against Fulham last week. Didn't matter. 
He kept going out, doing what the manager wanted him to do, playing in that position, available for the ball and all of that. So I think it was good. Um, then you get onto the decisions, and it's it's funny that Connor said um, <laughs> that you th- he didn't think it was a penalty. Neither did I. But you see, here's here's my problem with our the referee did. And when you look at it again, it might have been, it might not have been. Is it a clear and obvious error? I don't think it is. I think the referee saw what he saw. That's not a clear and obvious error, in my, in my view. I think um, the penalty from that point of view should have stood. Had the penalty stood and we'd scored, as as, as the other Johnny Joe says, no chance, Gainesville. And they do. So the Garnacho goal might not happen had the, had the penalty been given. But the Garnacho goal happened. And by the way, if Declan Rice, <laughs> who kept the ball away originally, um, the Garnacho goal happened because we were trying to win the game. And they weren't. We were trying to push on. Um, it was a very, 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 very tight decision. Uh, and if you look at it again, I don't know whether Gabriel meant it or whether he just got stuck to the ground. But whatever he did, it was ballroom dancing stuff because he just literally stopped his body just on time to get that line. Um, we got the goal uh, at the end. Um, and I think everybody can everybody can talk about the togetherness of the team when you win dramatically like that. So we're all together when we win like that. But I, I, I think um, what was telling was that we knew we had to win the game. And we went after it. And we got a bit lucky to win it. Um, we were the better team. Deserved to win the game. Um, but the way it came about... When you have um, Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans as a centre-back partnership, you know, in this day and age, and no, no disrespect, Johnny Evans is actually a really, really good centre-back. But <laughs> nobody is. But he, it's his he age is. behind his he against is. I mean, yeah. no, He knows how to put his foot in, and he's a very, very good centre-back. But he left them eight years ago, you know? Yeah. So I, I think they got a bit tired. How Rice was left... With, with, with the space he was left with um, from that corner. I never know, but look, um, I thought Reese Nelson, um, he, did, he was only on for a couple of minutes. We spoke about Reese the last time we, uh, you were on, Connor. Um, he was only on for a couple of minutes, but he did about three or four really good things. Nice, yeah. I think Fabio Vieira as well quickened the thing up, yeah. you know? Uh, and um, the last thing I'll say is that we've had a patchy start really patchy start and we've 10 points from a patchy start tottenham have had a great start liverpool have had a great start west ham have a great start they've got 10 points as well chelsea have had a patchy start they've got four points man united have a patchy start they've got six points so i just think going into the international break we've been really really patchy i think arteta and i won't call it arrogance but call it calculated risk probably tried to have a look at a few different things in games that we should have won, you know? Uh, and I think after the international break, it's season on. And, you know, the difference between being two points behind Man City and being four points behind is huge. It's absolutely huge. Yeah. That's why you could see what that meant. I think this stage last season, we've won our open five games and it was City doing the catch chasing, you know, and I think we've set we've set we set the bar already so high last season. Teams are out to get us now, you know. And I just want to come to you, Connor. 
we were talking last week, you said, Eamon, why have you made it to the start of, to the start of the season for Eddie and Ketty and Fabio Vieira? Vieira looks like the type of player that he, he wants to get in the starting 11 now, doesn't he? When he comes on, he's making things happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And- and he needs to know, I think, as well. You know, you, you you get a sort of betting in period. You know, I think some players come in, they instantly become part of the the whole setup. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty. You guys know more than me. I, I don't think you know. He, he just hasn't started many games, has he, for the club in since he's arrived? So no. it's kind of you, you get to see him in cameos and whatnot. Yeah. He's clearly talented. He's still kind of young. Um, I, I think I think Emma made a good point about you know the the, the impact that he and Reese Nelson made at the end. I think Arteta's substitutions just seem sharper. And, you know, Hoyland came on and he's new and there was a bit of excitement about that. And to be fair, he actually had a few good touches from Man United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not sort of dreadful anything, but I just thought the the players that came on gave that new energy. It was the second wind that in a game like that, which you've two tiring teams on a really hot day. And I, I had to do some stuff down on the pitch um, before the game at the farm broadcasters. And it was so hot down there. I mean, these <laughs> stand, there was a bit of breeze. It was baking. Um, so yeah, the, the impact he made. I mean, Eamon said there about the, the how uninspiring or kind of unambitious Manchester United were, and I thought that. But do you know, do you know what I thought? The sort of different slant. I think they weren't. Arsenal prevented them from having it. You know, Onana loves to play with his feet and come out and, and give it. You know, to Casemiro or give it to who Eriksson. You know, in midway inside his own half. Yeah. And time and time again, Arsenal were cutting off that sort of pass. Yeah. Instead, he to give it short to Lissandro Martinez or to give it. You know, to 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 Wanda Saka, Dallow, or whatever, and it just they were penned in, and and Inketi is so good at that, and he he doesn't get the praise for that work, the work that he puts in, hounding these guys, and yeah. and just, they they cannot settle because they can't see him. Where is he? He's going to come around the back <laughs> in a minute, or you know, he's very very good at that, and I think you know, Saka and Martinelli are are stylish players in what they do, but Inketi it does that way. very much reminds me of Ian Rice, that kind of holder yeah. of. Of, you know, Jamie Vardy does it very well. Um, so, so the 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 lack of ambition for Manchester United, I think, was imposed upon them rather than I don't think Ten Hag went there saying, right, we're going to sit deep and we're going to absorb Arsenal. He was really frustrated that they couldn't get out. And then you, you saw occasionally they were launching it long towards Anthony, and time and time again it didn't. I think it was once that, that they actually picked him out. So, uh, I, I, yeah, Manchester United were unambitious, but 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 they weren't able to. And and I think but when it came to that needing extra energy lately, look, look, it was close. You know, it, Garnacho by, by a couple of inches is different. If they do score, it's 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 game over and they don't win it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, and just one word on the Johnny Evans as well. I mean, obviously, as you've said, eight years since he played for Manchester United. But he hasn't even played for, for Leicester this season. You know, he hasn't played any of their championship games. So he, that was, yeah. you know, a, a big ask to throw him into that game. And, th- and this wouldn't have been the plan, but he's in there alongside Harry. McGuire, who hasn't played either, and you think jeepers, you know that 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 really is going to be carved open, and and you know in the end it was. But I love the Gabriel Jesus goal, the way because for me he's a number nine, and and at City he played a lot wide, and he's got that talent to play anywhere across the attack. But I I love him playing number nine, and yeah, I I, I really enjoyed his goal. Fabio Fabio Vieira's ball into him, what a pass into him as well. And you know that has to be said. He just <laughs> when he got the ball, Jonathan, on that, it's it's not about it's not about the accuracy of the pass. It's about the timing of it. Because and the movements if, if he delays that for a half a second, it's offside. Yeah, he's got the timing, timing of it absolutely spot on. You know, but it, but also the ambition well, of it. He could have well. cut off the corner flag. He could have said, "I'm going to hold the yeah. ball up here." Where you know the yeah. back. Oh come on, we'll nick another one here. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, it was interesting as well. I was watching that match today as well on Sunday. They done a piece how much Anthony was free in the wing so much in the first second half, and Martinez and Lindelof completely ignored him when he was. You just you could see there was something there, you know. 
and the minute he went off, your man Highland caused Gabriel. That was a 50-50 penalty decision as well. You know, there was a tug on him. You know, he's a strong lad that, you know, he destroyed her, isn't he, Connor? Uh, no, I, I've seen, so I, um, kind of long story, but I, I tend to commentate randomly on a lot of the Danish games. I, I, I do the World Cup <laughs> for, for Denmark and Croatia, and the, 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 those teams have kind of been the ones that I've done the last year, so yeah. I've seen them a lot. Right. So he came onto the scene last March. He's, you know, young kid, but he comes in and he scored five goals in two games. He got a hat-trick against... I'm going to say Finland. Was it Kazakhstan? That's right, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's what, yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I actually put up this weird thing on Twitter, Arsenal sign him up. Yeah, he obviously yeah. didn't see he that. Looked, Brilliant. <laughs> Obviously, you know, it kind of sounds like Haaland and everything has his blonde hair and he's, you know, but but he, he does look the business and, and you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him playing for Manchester United. And I think he is ready. Sometimes a kid doesn't look quite, you know, he's a bit like Evan Ferguson. He looks ready to, yeah. to take on the battle, which is which is great to see. But, um, but say again. So just on that, um, Connor, I, I was looking at from the, the clock end and so United were attacking our end. Yeah. Gabriel tried to wrestle him a couple of times. Gabriel's a strong boy, you know, uh, but yeah. uh, the Highland came out the better of it, you know, and um, he's a very, very strong boy. And just on the point about Anthony, Rashford on one side and Anthony on the other side were there on their own a lot of times because Arsenal decided to defend narrow, right? And the reason why we decided to defend narrow, if you go back to the game at Old Trafford on the very same weekend last year, right? We were cut down the middle on their counter-attack. So we decided, let them have it on the wing. Now, that ultimately was a mistake for the first goal. But for the rest of the game, it was grand. Because anytime Rashford and Anthony got the ball, they were coming into traffic. So there was no kind of channels through. And we made it. I, mean, I was actually talking to a guy beside me. I said, where did even, you know, Anthony and Rashford? I said, well, well if, you, if, if you go out and shadow that, you're going to leave gaps where they need them. So, you know, I think that was a conscious decision. But that boy, um, he looks like a player. He looks like a yeah. player. So um, I think he'd be I think he'd be a very good sign for him, you know? Yeah. Um, and with that victory, we're on 10 points too behind Man City, who've really started the season off well, even with Guardiola missing from the <laughs> sideline. They still seem to conjure it up and it looks like Haaland is already pouring already. You could see against Fulham. Um he's he's starting to start he's starting to get the taste of it now, like last season, which is worrying for the rest of the league. Um in terms of us, our next game is against Everton uh on the seventeenth now, uh due to our Champions League involvement now. That's a Sunday uh kickoff. Um then it's the North London Derby, which will be a tasty one. Because uh, Pasakoglu hasn't really playing well. Spurs, you know, they, they they seem to look they look a lot fitter, um, and all of them seem to be going with what he's saying. You know, they seem to be there seems to be actually a plan in place for Spurs. We we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, it's Bournemouth then away at the end of September, and then obviously before the next international break, uh, Man City at home, which is going to be another. Um, You'd, you'd be hoping to get something at like that, or you don't want City too far ahead at that stage. You, um, your man of the match, uh, aiming from Sunday, so. Oh, Martinelli. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> it, it was very interested what Connor was saying about Inketia because he played like a real number nine. Eddie Inketia ran himself into the ground on Sunday, on a very very hot day, um, <laughs> and I'd, I'd be tempted to give it to him, but Martin. Martinelli, um, because he actually tortured them down on, on that left-hand side. You know, he did. Uh, so, Martinelli for me. 
Connor, your man of the match from Sunday. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with Martinelli. The, the other one yeah. I give a shout for is Saliba. <laughs> you know, he like yeah. It, yeah. Martial had nothing. I think he had one shot in the game, but he, <laughs> Saliba right. just had many pockets. And you know, for that sort of Martial kept dropping to the halfway line trying to get layoffs, and just Saliba climbing all over. And I just thought it didn't really give away many free kicks, maybe one or two. But you know, in in the main, just really tough but fair. And and then his positional sense for whatever there was yeah. so many times where it felt like. Maybe a chance for United. No, swept. You know, he was just there and he's never sprinting. He says, oh, yeah, I'll just casually cruise into that position and get the ball. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, he, he really could play for any team. One thing I meant to say in my, in, in my match analysis that um, <laughs> Connor just prompted me on was what I was also delighted to see was that Saliba and Gabriel had less touches of the ball before they moved it on. Because there was more options available to them. Like I, I counted against Fulham at one stage, Saliba took 13 touches of the ball before he passed it. It was all three touch and move, three touch and move. And, and I think he's really, he's really in his pump when when he's doing that. His his anticipatory senses are brilliant, but he's very very good in the ball as well, Connor. You know. Yeah. Um. As well. Um. Before we move on to the. The transfer roundup. Sorry, um, I know you've been commentating on a lot of the first four matches uh, at the season, Connor, around the Premier League. I, I think this weekend, though, you have to give it a big shout out to our very own Evan Ferguson. Sadly, he's going to be missing the two Ireland internationals, which is our luck as usual. But yeah, he he, he is some talent at Connor, isn't he? I really love watching him. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's amazing. I, I you know just can't wait to see more of him in green and. Yeah. Uh, he just seems such a nice guy. I mean, we we, we met him, Jonathan, the yeah. night we met in Dublin. The yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's such a lovely fella and you just yeah. love to see a guy like him doing well. And then you, you still think, you know, just by being there, just by playing in the Premier League is, is so good. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's not just scoring, he's getting the hat-tricks. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> uh, you know, long, long may it continue now. And um, as I said, yeah, we definitely could have done with him this week. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, I'm 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 always very realistic on this. And I, I think it's a occupational hazard from from, you know, this being my job rather than being at a fan of these games is, you know, I, I kind of put the level head on maybe too much at times. But my thing is, I, you know, I don't think Evan Ferguson is going to create it for us in, in the next year or two, realistically. You know, it's too much to ask yeah. of an 18-year-old. But I'm looking forward to, you know, three, four years from now, the next World Cup, the next Euros after that. That's when he should be the kind of player who, you know, that, that's what we need. You know, if you, you see other countries, you know, you look at Serbia or someone, they've got Mitrovic and he just scores loads of goals and that's enough. It gets them to tournaments and stuff. So that's... Yeah. that's and we just want to be at the tournaments, you know. Yeah, no disrespect as well to Brighton. Like they're they're becoming a big club in their own right. But as you said, Connor, his progression will probably be more in the next two or three years. Can you see him going to, you know, say that a top four uh, Premier League team? Yeah, look, if he keeps up the if he keeps up the goals, he will. Um, but but I'm delighted where he is where he is at the moment. Uh, there's yeah. Brighton, a brilliant club to be at, and he will get game yeah. time. And he, you know. You don't want him being a sub at Liverpool or something. That's that would be a waste, you, yeah. you know. For, for yeah. he's, he's got to be somewhere that he's got to. Um, and 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 Brighton are unbelievable. You look back. I didn't think about this in the BBC last week. The last four seasons, every season they get their best two or three players and they sell them every single season. <laughs> they just respawn and these guys you've never heard of come in and they're unbelievable. Yeah. I never oh, really. showed up and he's now one of my favourite players to watch. Um, and and then, oh yeah, Casido, they lose him. And I was always, like, they wouldn't take Casido back now. Like, no way, he wouldn't get in the team anymore. It's, it's yeah. just nuts the way it um, the way it works out for them. Um, but uh, they're, they're great to watch. And, and and then even, you know, Shrew, bringing in people like James Miller, what a smart bit of business that is, you know, for, for these young young kids to feed off. Yeah, the likes of I was just thinking that actually but on they're great Saturday, to watch. they were playing Newcastle Saturday. 
to bring in a fella like him and Adam Lalan a few years back. It's very clever, isn't it? Just to have an experienced head. Yeah, I, I think, look, hopefully at, at least another two years of Brighton, you know, get 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 yeah. going, get playing, get, 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 you know, get, become a man as such. And then look, of course, if he's good enough. And But look, and you know, you're not saying he, he's not listening to us now, but like, it's not that you're putting pressure on him, but you sort of see him being one of these Jude Bellingham types. You know, why, why not? Why yeah. couldn't he go and play for Bayern Munich or play for whoever? So, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I appreciate that that is getting ahead of ourselves, but, you know, why not? Like with Haaland scoring a hat-trick and son at the weekend, he's a real Dubliner, you know. He, he says it's nice company to be in, you know. He's so laid back, you know, it's gas, you know. He, he takes it yeah. on in a stride. We've seen hundreds and hundreds of footballers who have the talent. But this boy seems to have the attitude as well. Yeah, you know? the attitude. And, yeah. and that's... When, when, when He's still at a make-or-break age. Let, let's not expect too much. He's still at a make-or-break age. I don't know whether you remember um, that lad that played for Liverpool. Was it James Miller? Miller. Uh, Neil Miller. Neil Miller. Neil Miller. But at 18, it was all happening for him. At 19, it was gone. You know, yeah. so we've got to be patient with Evan. He seems to have the right attitude. He certainly is some good stock. Uh, as a legal <laughs> man, I'd know that, right? Um, uh, his father was unbelievable in terms of the right stuff, you know. Um, but uh, we we need we need to be patient with him, and you know the Premier League is such a it's it's such a money go round whirlpool now that you know somebody will be in from. I, I think Connor's right. You'd like to see him see it out with Brighton for another couple of years and become a, and, and grow into a man, and then the world's at his feet. And why shouldn't he do? Why why shouldn't he do what he, what he needs to do? I mean, if you think, I know. Robbie got a lot of stick. For, for, for Robbie went into Milan at what twenty years of age. But that was his dream, Eamon. But he Robbie, had many dreams. But but people underestimate how good Robbie was. He was a brilliant player. No, he's a brilliant player because, like, Evan is like Robbie in terms of his intelligence in the channels that he runs into. But he's a stronger boy. He is. He's frightening. He's like. He's like Duncan Ferguson and Robbie Keane molded in together, you know. <laughs> and, he's, he's so well uh, built. Yeah. If you're if you're if you're making a machine for players you'd like to play up top, I think he fits the bill, you know. Yeah. I, I like the way he said to Kelly Dalglish uh, at the end of the match. <laughs> he was saying his father tried to play the game. <laughs> I don't know what that, whether that was a compliment or an insult, <laughs> but he's very he's funny as well, though, isn't he, Connor? Like he, and even at the lives, he takes it so. He's so grown up, isn't he? Like he, he's a matured as a, he's he's a man rather than is a you know. But he's geez, he's some talent. I'd love yeah, Arsenal to sign him, but I think yeah, I think he will play for a big team. You know, either not in the Premier League, Europe could do him the world of good as well. But the future is looking bright, and as usual, the fucking Brighton, knee injury. Brighton are in the Europa League this season. You know, I think yeah, Marseille, one of their yeah. first games. All that experience is that's perfect. That's exactly what he needs now. They're playing Ajax, aren't they, Connor, in the Europa League group stage? Ajax, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ajax going to Marseille. Those, I mean, that's exactly that that next step he's ready to take. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And he's like he 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 takes every game as it comes as well, doesn't he? Like he's he's a he's 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 into the challenge, isn't he? Like he he loves a new challenge, and like he he seems to be a nightmare for defenders because he keeps painting off them. You know, it's just watching his movement is brilliant. You know, it really is, yes. <laughs> it's 
Nick here, lips time as an Ireland fan, but I would have loved to see him against France and Holland. I think he could have done damage. You know, I think he could have got a goal or two there. Um, and it's where the goal will come now in those two games. I think uh, I think those two games, being honest, I think we'll all, Stephen Kenny probably be gone, hopefully, at the end of this uh, tournament. Uh, <laughs> Fair oh, Pell, where are you listening? Let's leave that, you know. Um, <laughs> All I'm going to say about that is, if you're building a house, <laughs> you can, you can build a house cheaper on top of an already existing house with dry rot, or you can burn it down and build again. I'll just that's all I say, right? He normally comes out with a few other ones, but he's quiet tonight. <laughs> um, guys, I gotta, I gotta make yeah. a run, okay? But we'll yeah. get back in with you soon. And thanks yeah. so much for having me on. Thanks, Connor. Thanks for oh, coming yeah. on. Thanks a million. See you again soon. See you, Connor. Connor.